episode is all about resourceful funding for your classroom. I'm Caitlin, and I'm here with my co-host, Corby. Hi! So, Corby, what is your budget like currently or in the past? Yeah, so currently I am sitting on some money that I get year <laughs> that I get yearly and I do have a little bit that rolled over when the teacher retired before me and that was the covid year. Uh so I I inherited a little bit more than I usually get. Let's just say that to start with. Um so I'm in an abnormal situation currently, but then I do have an allotted fund that I get to expect every year let's phrase it that way at my current middle school uh it is a decent amount I will say and it's a decent amount in my eyes based on how many students I see a semester and yearly my previous school my elementary school back in Kansas I I guess I don't know if we're revealing dollar amounts but let's just say what I got yeah okay what I got I just learned to grow accustomed to and it wasn't it wasn't great but it wasn't terrible I was just very fortunate that I did get some money uh from my building I should specify that from the building and then the art district provided the extra funding so that kind of helped it out but based on how many students I was seeing that was 500 students a week all year I really had to stretch I really had to stretch the dollar Um, and my previous situation, I feel like that kind of made me switch gears when I was working at the art museum because it was a nonprofit, we did have like lovely funding. And so it was like, money is not really a question. Uh, so I've kind of experienced some very different situations to where I am now. And I also should say that where I am currently, it's a very small district, uh, very, very, very small. And so my building itself is funding the money. And then I do have some parent support that they put together some funds to donate to my art classroom or to the music teacher. And it's a little bit, but it's very meaningful. And that's a really big deal just with that little bit of support. It's huge, actually. So, yeah. What about yours, Caitlin? What is your situation currently like? Currently, I have a very small budget from my building, and it it was so small that I I was almost shocked when they told me. Um, and then I received some money from the district fine arts department, and that is really the main money that I use to fund all of my consumable supplies, any sort of new tools that I we need in the art room. Um, so that is, that's where I use, that's the bulk of my budget, where it comes from, is actually the district. My building does not allot for a lot of money in my, for my room. So I am working on that. I'm trying to actually advocate for my myself and my students to to increase that amount. But other than that, um, yeah, it makes it makes it difficult, and I have to really, like you said, stretch the dollar and 
come up with some creative solutions to funding what we actually need in the art room. Yeah, I think this is just going to hit for so many teachers as a topic and art teachers. We are in the thick of it when it comes to funding. Uh, and there's so many different situations. So today we're going to talk more specifically about how we handle being resourceful with our funds, some maybe organizations or grants or things that we have reached out to or have experience with in hopes to give other people ideas and just share what works for us and what we've discovered thus far in our journey. So Caitlin, what would you say are your top two resourceful funding options? Oh, I only get to choose two? Um, let's, let's start with two. We'll branch out. Okay. Well, I would say the top two would be grants and donations then. Well, we're on the same page. Uh, do we want to shout out or talk about, since those are also in my my list that I've compiled too, do we want to talk about some that we we both have used or reached out to or that have worked for us since we're on that topic? Yeah, that sounds good. I have received several different grants over the past few years. I've applied to quite a few. You don't always receive the ones that you apply to, but it's always a really nice surprise when you do receive one. And it's like really a great relief. You're like, oh my goodness, you know, it's you, it's just really a good feeling. Okay, so one that I've received a few times actually is from Credit Union of America, their TGIF uh, grant. And what's awesome about that one is that they give out $500 checks, but it's to the actual teacher. So sometimes when you receive a grant, it goes to your school and it and it's in the school's name. And you have to, there's only certain things that you're kind of allowed to use that for. Um, but what's cool about the TGIF grant and some grants that if they're really specifically for the teacher, you could use that for if, you know, whatever you wrote the grant for is what you obviously should use that for, but you can use it for things that it, it's a little bit more flexible than if it's through the school. So that's nice. Another one is Fresh Artists. And I received, I've done a few things, different things through that program. I received a grant of an art kit, which was the Jelly Arts, Jelly, like printmaking plates. And it was an awesome kit. I was so excited to receive that because that's an expensive set of supplies. Um, and it's a very unique set of supplies. And in my small budget for my building, wouldn't have even covered one set of that. So I, there's no way I was going to use my budget for that. So that was something that was really, I really wanted and thought my students would enjoy, but it wasn't in my budget. So received that from Fresh Artists. And then they also have a cool program through Fresh Artists where you can sign up for art supplies that are donated to them. And then they ship them out to you. And all you have to do is pay the shipping. So you do have to pay a little bit, but it helps with your budget. You know, you can use some of your budget for that and then receive all these art supplies. And I did receive a big order from them one time. And I couldn't request exactly what it was that I was getting, but I could kind of say like painting supplies or printmaking supplies or whatever. And then they they sent me all of these supplies. It was a lot of 
paint and brushes, like tons of brushes. Um, it was worth it. The value of it was worth way more than what I paid in shipping. So that was a really good deal. Other than those, those are the two I'm trying to think if there's any other grants that I got. Those are the two grants I think that I've received in the last few years. And then donations that teacher clear the list, Amazon wish list is like a great easy way for people in your supportive community to donate to your classroom. Sometimes there's also strangers that donate because there's sites where you can post the link to your teacher wish list and so it's really cool to have a lot of things on there and small things and things that we necessarily couldn't buy with our budget and they donate that. So I've received a ton of donations through the teacher wish list over the past three years. And then some donations from community members that know that I'm a teacher and they wanted to help me out. And one community member helped me with my cool down corner coming up with, I, they donated just a check and I use that to get all these resources for my cool down corner. And another one helped me buy my classroom rug because that is is really expensive and there's no way that that's in my budget. So yeah, I've been really lucky to get a lot of donations over the past few years. And that's helped me to where I only have to use my budget, my school budget for actual consumable art supplies. I think that's my biggest one that I wrote and double exclamation points was community. That was the biggest one that I think is so important and there's so many options and it's so vital because we can't do it by ourselves. And the Amazon is, I mean, it's a registry for your local classroom teacher. It's so accessible. That one's awesome. I did that one also. You mentioned two great grants local to your area. I'll go back to that. That Another big one, and I think a lot of people know about this, but it's still good, I think, to shout it out, is Donors Choose, which I did that one when I was back at my previous elementary school and that one you do have to specifically write what supplies you're going to use them for or what your initiative is I guess if you're not an art teacher uh like Caitlin mentioned not donors choose but like you were building your cool down corner so you could write your donors choose proposal to be uh this is what I want to make in my classroom and this is why it's going to address my students social emotional needs and then people can donate locally kind of like the amazon wish list or what's really awesome about donors choose which is actually how mine went is that big foundations or donors like beyonce and famous people will match and so then it clears them out so that's really cool so i got a bunch of jelly plates through a donors choose application grant that i wrote and bill and melinda gates foundation i think matched and so that's why it went through and otherwise yeah like you said if if some of these things wouldn't have gone through, that would have taken out my entire year's worth of supplies for all of my students. There's no way I could have purchased enough jelly plates and enough materials to have that as a medium in my elementary classroom. That would have, there's just no way. We would have only been able to do printmaking the whole year, not even enough for paper and all of that. So that one's a really good one if you want really, really big funding too, because you can adjust how much you need for your project or for your materials. So that one's really, really great. 
if you're looking for large dollar amounts or large project. And then my biggest one, which you mentioned too already, Caitlin, is community. And that I think was such a vital part of how I got my elementary classroom to work back in Kansas because I was just starting out like the carpet that was a perfect example I was like oh my gosh I can't afford a carpet and so I would plug on Facebook okay to like businesses people I know I'm looking for a carpet does anyone know of a resource or can they donate and not museum yeah the museum on campus where we went to get our BFA they actually donated my first rug for the classroom they're like oh yeah we're throwing this out we don't need it here have it and I was like this is amazing thank you I wouldn't have had a classroom carpet and then I could decorate it and make it look cute. I didn't have to worry about spending money on it. Um, I also relied on a lot of recyclable items or reusable items. That was the biggest thing. I tried to think about, okay, I'm a new teacher. I know I need a lot, but I don't want to ask people for money right away. So what can I do and what items can I get that we can reuse so that they can help without having to do anything that puts them out of place? So I remember asking for egg cartons, recyclable containers, bubble wrap, all kinds of things for textures or containers to organize. And then I could revamp them and spice them up to make them look exciting or use them in the classroom. And that was a huge thing. I remember the first almost year and a half. I got a lot of those donations and so much support off of those things that really, I mean, it meant so much and it really did a lot for my students in the classroom. And I think it was really neat for them to see too, oh, we're using this egg carton to like store our paint or, oh, we're using this that came from that. Oh, that's cool. So it's purposeful. It's intentional. I would highly recommend that as well. I'm even trying to rethink some things right now that I'm throwing away or recycling and how can I repurpose it and reuse it. Like, oh my gosh, didn't think about this. Caitlin and I talk about zero waste quite a bit. Deodorant containers. A teacher shared with me recently, a kindergarten teacher local to my area, that instead of throwing out a deodorant container, clean them out, paint them, make them look cute, spice them up how you want, turn them into magnetic holders for your pens and pencils on your whiteboard. So you don't have to, you don't have to go out and buy a pen or uh, like a whiteboard um, marker organizer or paint them make them look you know fun exciting and use them as pencil or pen holders at your students tables in their containers I'm like that's genius I've never even considered a deodorant stick to now have a new life like that those little things I think are just so neat yeah I love seeing those ideas all over the internet and also coming up with them when you know it's like necessity is the mother of invention or I think is the phrase my first year of teaching I really wanted to do a printmaking project I didn't have any printmaking um what's it called not the I didn't have the jelly plates but I also didn't have any like of the carving the linoleum or anything like that so and I didn't have any room in my budget because I used pretty much my entire budget the first year just to stock my room because it was nearly empty of all supplies. Um, I was in a, I was in a real tight space my first year. Um, so I went to Dylan's, which is like Kroger, you know, grocery store. And I asked, Hey, do you have any unused, not old because of the meat, but like unused foam meat trays that 
you know, you just aren't using, whatever. And they were like, oh, yeah, they sent us the wrong size one time. So we have like stacks and stacks of these milk, these uh, foam trays that are just sitting back here. And they're the wrong size for the deli. So he gave me hundreds of these foam trays. And we used those for a printmaking project. We, I had them carve into it and we, we had, I did have brayers, which was lucky. I did have brayers that first year and we carved into it and I used recyclables to, you know, roll onto the brayer and then they printed with that. Was it the best printmaking tool? No, but because it had the little recycling emblem too on the back of it, which was like so annoying. And they were trying to, but see the students were like, oh, how can we get rid of that? And it's like some creative problem solving to figure out, oh, that's going to transfer over to the page when we put ink on it. So how can we get rid of that? Can we cut it out or can we like press it flat, whatever? So it, I think it's fun to do that. Um, and now because I'm trying to change, you know, I'm trying to be more efficient with my budget and I'm applying for grants and things like that, I'm able to buy printmaking supplies that are specifically for printmaking. So, but I always have that memory of, you know, going to Dylan's and using that resource. And I think of them for other things too, when we need maybe paper sacks, but most of the time I try to reach out to my local community of like friends and family that they, they know I'm like recycling girl. They will literally just come over to my house and drop off the recycling, which is awesome. Sometimes I have to sort through it, but most of the time they ask me first and they send me pictures. Hey, could you use these peanut butter tubs or Hey, you know, and they, and I'm like, yes, or no, that's, I don't really need any of that. So that's a good point. You bring up that the donations that you can get sometimes everybody looks at them differently. So I've definitely learned on being very specific for what I'm looking for. If it's a general asking of the community, sometimes I'll send out an email, let's say to my, my teachers at this school of like, Hey, if you get a bunch of bubble wrap or any shipping supplies. The art room can use it. We can use that to package our sculptures to take home. Would love it. And then they have something clear cut that they're giving to me versus I've had some people just rally up a bunch of stuff and it's like, I can't really use this or I don't really know what we're going to use it for. And then it just kind of clutters my closet, which I already do have a section in my new closet classroom space that is pretty much already full from local donations from my staff from new people in my community here of these recyclable items that we can reuse and repurpose and make meaningful uh so i'm i have to work really hard on balancing that <laughs> acquiring items that we can actually use and not just filling these spaces with oh yeah we'll get to this later or we'll figure something out because i definitely know i like to save everything that can be really tough but it also does I think too give us opportunity to turn things into something else or learn lessons in a new way which is really cool when we have these items that we can repurpose yeah and there is a art teacher stereotype of like the hoarder you know but I can see why we do feel like we need to save a lot of things because our budgets are often not providing enough for us to where we do have to go and ask for donations or raid our recycling bins. And 
that can give you a little bit of like anxiety of like PTSD of like, uh, I need to keep everything because what if I need it and I don't have any money left in my budget. So then I'm going to need this for this project or this idea that well, this wild hair idea that I have. And I, I'm trying to like tame that thought, you know, and keep it under control because my closet last year, my art closet did get very full of recycling. I put out an email to my parents of like things that they could save at my school and they showed up like they showed up they they donated so many toilet paper tubes Corby I mean I think I don't ever have to ask for those again that's awesome and it's super empowering because the families get to be a part of your program too when they're contributing in that way and it's might seem small but they're showing that they're invested and they have a stake in their kids' school and in their learning. And I think that's a really meaningful thing as well. Yes. I I've noticed that after I have sent home, you know, requests for like one time we did, I needed them to bring cereal boxes or shoe boxes for an idea project. And I got so much interaction, so much feedback from parents more than I do for lots of other parts, you know, times of the year, other projects, because I was specifically asking for like a need, I had an ask for them. And it was like asking them to get involved. And it was cool to see parents involved. And I want to do more of that. But I also don't want to like ask for too much. So there's kind of a fine line of like, yeah, I mean, I do have this budget, I want to use it responsibly. But at the same time, like, I, I want to involve my parents, but I don't want to ask them to provide things that they can't afford. So I am try I try to only ask for things that, and it's always optional, but I try to only ask for things that are readily available. Like, oh, save your tissue paper from the holidays. Save your bubble wrap, like you said. There's kind of a few, there's like a few things that I will send out that, are pretty easily available so it's basically recycling yeah and I think that comes too with that balancing act like you said if you don't want to ask for too much even if it's donation you we want to be mindful of oh we don't want the families to feel put out even if it's a donation and or if you're in a position to be able to ask for to for like I'm doing like a, a money symbol with my hands but for that type of donation or funding like I would not feel comfortable for that but it depends on your community it depends on you knowing your audience and there is a fine balancing act of that I think going back to the hoarder situation I laugh because combining our midwest ancestors and great depression and savings and being cheap and we have to use what we need but we don't have what we need and having to figure stuff out in combination with this art teacher experience it is a math equation for just being so aware of what you don't have and what you need to make happen to give what's best for your students. And I totally have back to school. <laughs> I have back to school nightmares per se that are reoccurring of opening up my closet or opening up my cabinets and there aren't any supplies. Like that is a real fear. And it does come from the, I mean, the notion of like, we do get funding cut, the arts do get cut. They the arts do get cut a lot, the funding gets cut, and it does kind of feel like we can't 
always be guaranteed what we have. So we have to be very particular about not just our current year and situation, but positioning ourselves to be able to invest in the long term as well, which I think is really difficult. Maybe other departments are in the same boat, but I've come to kind of regroup the way I think about my yearly funding of what's one maybe big thing that my students need. Like, do we need to kind of revamp our printmaking area or do we need something for sculpture? And so that'll kind of be our big, my big purchase per se, but then I have enough funding. I try to have enough funding or donations left to get us paper or to be able to maybe replace some paint brushes or some paint as needed. But it's not like I'm Mr. Monopoly guy over here dishing out, let's revamp the sculpture station and let's get all these cool printmaking tools. And, oh, we need new paintbrushes. Great. It's fine. Like that's not happening. That's not the reality. It's like almost feels like baby steps and having to be very strategic about where are we going to sort this out? Not for the year, but long-term. Something you said about knowing your audience, like knowing your families and their abilities and everything and not wanting to ask for actual money donations made me think about how some people, some art teachers actually do fundraisers at their school for part of their budgets. Um, or maybe it's a specific project or tool that they're doing a fundraising for. I'm not sure. I don't have that on my list of things that I have done for my budget because I know my audience and also like my, my family, um, demographics and what I feel like I'm comfortable asking from them. And because I, these other things have been enough for me to at least start my program over the past few years and do like what you're saying, adding on chunking it a little bit each year, okay, now I'm going to focus on the technology or now I'm going to focus on the drawing supplies or whatever it is. And it's a little bit each year, you just keep improving and improving your program and your the tools you have available. Except that first year I had to start pretty much from scratch, which is why it was an expensive year. And I really, really uh, relied on, I got multiple grants that year. I got multiple to big donations and that was everything. I would not have been able to do what I did that year without that extra help. But I didn't even consider doing a fundraiser because I I just don't think I could ask my parents, like my students' parents, to to donate money. And I don't know that it would happen. That is an option for people in other situations. I'm not in that situation, but others might be. And there are fundraisers, like you could do your own fundraiser where maybe you have you and the students make, you know, cards to sell for the holidays or whatever it is. And then that money though goes back to the students to give, get them more supplies. And there's also organizations out there that I've heard of. I personally have not used them, but like, I think it's Art Sonia and oh, yeah. there's a few organizations. I'll have to look them up. I think it is Art Sonia where the student artwork can get uploaded and then you can use that image, use the artwork, let's say, and put it on a t-shirt or like a mug or there's different ways that you can incorporate the student work in functional or decorative options, I believe. I think it is Art Sonia. I've also never used it. I've just seen it. I'm in a similar position to you where I've never felt 
comfortable or like the art fundraiser was an option, but I have seen that used and or also art shows where students are making work specific specifically with the goal of knowing that it's going into this art fair this art show for the school and then the money I think maybe gets divided or portions go to the school and portions might go to like an organization or something so again I've not done that myself but yeah that's another option that I've seen as well yeah it is art Sonia a-r-t-s-o-n-i-a that's one of them. I know that there's multiple. The other one is Artemy that I was thinking of, A-R-T-O-M-E. But some of them you send in, you upload their, um, no, you send in the art and they like come and frame it or something. And then you, they buy the, the parents or the people attending buy the child's artwork. It's not printed on anything because that's, that is a thing too. But there's one way to do it is where they actually buy the artwork. They charge a little bit, but you're basically buying the frame because there's it's framed. Anyway, I don't know a lot about it because I've never done it. But the prices that I saw for that were, to me, were too high. They were like 20, 30 something dollars a piece. And I just feel like that's quite a bit to ask of parents at least for in my situation, that might be totally reasonable for people in other districts. So I wanted to shout out those fundraisers because that could be an option for someone looking to buff up their uh, art budget. Those are two that I've heard of, Artemy and Art Sonia. And then you could also do your own personal fundraiser, not personal, but your own like creative fundraiser that you design. Like the um, art show or fair, whatever. Yeah, an art show, something like that. People, I know some people do a big art show in com- combination with like, they do a fine arts night where it's music, art, and they have, you know, refreshments and stuff and they might sell tickets to that. And then the tickets would go to funding those programs. That's an option. But personally, I've never done that. I don't know if we could do a fine arts night and only charge maybe $5 a ticket or something like that, or donation based, like just donation only. That might be a good fundraiser for people that are more like in my position where they don't feel like they can, you know, they don't feel comfortable asking parents to donate a lot of money. So fundraisers are another option. Whatever works for you, works for you. Not just for Caitlin, but to our audience. (laughs) whatever works for you, do it. Yeah, you do you, boo. (laughs) Today's sponsor is iced coffee because hot coffee goes cold, but iced coffee stays cold. If you had to tell me that you're an art teacher without telling me you're an art teacher, it would be sending a picture of a half drank cup of hot coffee that has turned cold on your desk. Am I right or am I right? with a paintbrush in it because you thought it was your water. That too, which I have totally almost done so many times, but there's always a hot cup of coffee you don't finish and then it turns cold and I still drink it. Totally still drink it. Sure. It's great. But then like, <laughs> why not just start with iced coffee? Right. But also question, have you ever left a half drink cup of coffee or you're down to that like one third bit, maybe one fourth, you know, just a little, little bit. Have you ever left that on your desk 
and then you come in the next day with a fresh cup of coffee and then that situation happens again and then you take a drink of the coffee from the day before no I don't think I have that sounds awful I didn't drink it but I did reach for it and then I recognized the color of the cup and I was like oh yeah no I needed I should have dumped this I should have taken it home completely forgot to and I was like well, it seems like an art teacher thing yeah it definitely does <laughs> at least you didn't drink your paint water I think I've done that before. That's something I always tell my students, make sure it's not your paint water. I have almost done that, especially when I'm doing watercolors and I keep my water in a mason jar and it's still in that first few phases where it's clean. And then I had a glass of water next to me and I'm just reaching out of habit. And then I go to look at it and realize it's the watercolor cleaning water. Been so close so many times. It's always with watercolor water for me. Yeah, that's, that's it for me is when it's watercolor. Yeah, no, you would know if it was oil or something else. Oh, gosh, yeah. It's not water. It's a smell of the varnish and everything. All right. So, yeah, those are our ways that we fund our classrooms outside of our actual building or district money. And if you have any ideas, things that work for you that were not mentioned, please feel free to drop them in the comments on the page for this episode on our Instagram handle at those art teachers. We would love to hear more ideas. That's our episode on resourceful funding. We look forward to hearing any other funding ideas you guys have. We'll see you next time. Bye, not bye. Bye, not bye.